All right. Welcome to another episode of Texans Unfiltered. My name is John Wade. I'll be your host today. And I am joined by Otto, uh, Chris Otto. Um, he was on the uh, show a couple of weeks ago. He had a great time. Now he's back. This is when he was actually scheduled. So I think we're going to have a really great conversation. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Now, how's that? You're up in uh, Philadelphia, correct? Yes. How is everything up there? As in, are you in just kind of like in general? Like, how how's how is Philly? Like, that's pretty far away. Um, it could be mayhem all in itself. It's a I, I tell you what, it's a completely different world. If you're not um, if you're not used to being like in a city and the hustle and bustle and everything's moving fast and a lack of politeness. I'm not saying that people aren't polite, but there, there's there's like a rugged aggressiveness that gets it gets silly at times. To be honest. All right. Now, being up there in Philly, do they ever talk about the Houston Texans? <sighs> Maybe once every four years when they come to town. <laughs> I, now, have you ever heard somebody just like in a conversation, because you're a sports fan, you're a pretty active sports fan. Now, have you ever had just a random conversation about anybody about the Houston Texans? So actually, um, throughout the years, I mean, as the years gone on and, you know, with undeniable talent like Arian Foster, your Andre Johnsons, you know, et cetera, et cetera, it gained more steam. I actually had a thing at work the one day. This was a couple couple years ago, maybe 2012. And um, I was at a customer's house, and he was setting his fantasy football lineup. And it was the week the Texans were playing the Bears in Chicago. And I said, I just happened to see that he had Arian Foster as running back. I said, I don't know how I would feel having Arian Foster as my starting running back that game, lo and behold, he actually happened to be from Houston and he just moved here. But, you know, nothing major outside of, um, you know, my, my friend Glenn, who's my best friend in the world. And he's a Kansas city chiefs fan. Cause believe it or not, there's a big Kansas city chiefs following in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, my grandfather was a big, big chiefs fan. And he was from uh, Texas and Arkansas, from this area. So, I, yeah, I, Chiefs fans are just everywhere. And I, them winning, what? of course, is making them 100 times worse. However, my point is, did you read the most recent uh, Deshaun Watson article on Sports Illustrated? I've seen um, – I've read, I've read chunks because a lot of it just got redundant, and it was a lot of stuff that I already knew myself. Um. I don't know what, what to really make of it. I mean, for me, there, w- there wasn't nothing groundbreaking. It just, if that, for me, it just solidified my view on the whole situation. Right. Now, and it, it wasn't groundbreaking because you pay a lot of attention to Houston. Correct. I mean, we, we talked two weeks ago. You know, your, you know your shit. Like, you talk a whole, you know what's going on with Houston. Absolutely. Now, if it was something, if you were up in, Philadelphia, and you're not plugged into the Texans. Don't you assume all that would have been new, new, new information? Yes, 
Absolutely. And, and throughout the years, I've had people arguing with me and I'm like, you know, I, I, I actually know people that are, you know, in the Houston area that follow this very closely. I'm not just, you know, talking out of my rear. And they would still argue with me, but I'm like, all right. I said, eventually, maybe not the whole truth, but enough of the truth will convince you and maybe change your mind a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, that article is definitely more for the national audience, except for one little one little bit. One little bit that really, really stood out to me. The only part that was kind of groundbreaking was, and Pat Storm, of course, puts it in chat because Pat Storm likes to rain on my parade. Um, you know, I guess that's what you do when you have that name. That it sounds like Cal McNair's lawyer tried to facilitate a mediation prior to the trade request. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, that that's what I I was reading myself. That somehow Cal's personal lawyer or something along those lines kind of interfered and stepped up to the table to kind of get them to a mediation. So one of the uh, the comments that came out uh, when talking when Deshaun was talking about leaving was that Cal McNair was too paternalistic towards him. Like he kept, he treated him like a child. Uh, Cal McNair treated Watson like a child. Now, did we make an assumption that it was about the GM or was it about this? That is true. But that's been the MO for a while. So like the only groundbreaking stuff back to that is it's only peeling back more layers because right. For people that are really in and know, Bill O'Brien was that father-like figure as well. And initially the only father figure we knew of. And then now you add Cal Cal to the mix. So it's it's getting uh it's getting a little silly with like the layers. And what I think is gonna go on, what's gonna hurt Deshaun is eventually someone's gonna get comfortable. And more and more is going to come out because as we follow the story, more and more has come out. And oh yeah, oh with, I mean his team, his team's already screwed up big time. And with the like ad- Deshaun is in such a world of trouble. Um, as soon as they admitted that, oh the re- relationships were consensual, like he's been screwed ever since then. Like well, that any, anything saying or anything else is just kind of ignoring the circumstances um, due to the due, due, due to the nature like of consent like ever since there was an admit admission that there was something that happened like deshaun's been screwed but it's just it's eye-opening the more like you said it's the more layers like more layers and it's actually depressing i'm gonna give you and your audience a hot take i have okay where i'm the only one beating this drum deshaun watson may never take an nfl snap again wow Fans need to start checking out of this trade and what the Texans can receive for him and start accepting the fact he may never play football again. And I know that sounds crazy, but as they're saying right now, right, he's probably not going to get in front of a judge until the Super Bowl. Yep. So that's Um, He's not scheduled for a deposition until 2022. So that's that's a whole whole season. And everyone's like, well, you know, he can get saved and blah, blah, blah. Let's let's talk about this a little deep that no one's really going in. 22 victims, right? That's an astronomical number. Let's cut that. According to uh, to Jenny Varentas, there was 44 
therapists that he was in contact with. So of the 44 total. But there's 22 in his lawsuit, correct? Correct. So that's an astronomical number. Let's cut that in half. 50%, say 50% of them are liars. 11 accusers is still an astronomical number. And I think Roger Goodell, with his history, is going to make an example out of Deshaun Watson. And that's not too far-fetched because if we go, it's a different situation. But look back at Ray Rice and his punishment, right? The initial punishment was, I believe, four to six games for domestic violence. If anyone wants to fact check me on that, that's fine. When Ray Rice was scheduled to come back, the NFL changed the policy. When he's coming back, he served his punishment. They changed the policy to a full season. So then Ray Rice has to miss another year. Now, this is where I get to Deshaun Watson may never play football again. Did anyone really kick tires on Ray Rice after that year? No, but I would argue that that was because of the video. If there wasn't a video, I think Ray Rice played football again. Now, with this Deshaun thing, are we sure there isn't any video anywhere along the lines? We've, we're getting Instagram messages. I, I guarantee it out of these 22, there's a smoking gun that we haven't been privy to yet. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely in the realm of possibility. Um, I mean, Deshaun's... Oh, I'm not going to even talk about Deshaun's team. Deshaun's team hasn't exactly handed, handled this the best. And for the accusers, they've gone completely scorched earth. So with that, there may be they may be hiding something. They may have they may have well, a card up their sleeve or whatnot. They may have extra evidence. They may have that smoking gun because they've gone straight to just seem to hurt him. Like instead of like playing this out in the media. The way they are i mean it's interesting so there may be more however i mean deshaun even if he does have to like even if there is like a smoking gun and he has to serve jail time i mean who's to say that after he's served it that he's not back on an nfl roster does the nfl team really want to deal with that though the eagles had I mean, more time when they dealt with michael vick and killing dogs and in today's in today's generate in today's society generation, I can't think it's going to be something like Ben Roethlisberger situation where he made settlement and we called it a day. That's that's going to be Deshaun's only saving grace is to settle, and his refusal is problematic. And I talked to a couple lawyers that I know that are criminal defense attorneys. Right, they have specifically said him not. Anyone not settling at this point is very uncanny, and it's it's not a good look. Yeah, well, I mean, at, at this point, he's not facing jail time. At this point, there's not any criminal. Now, there's always that chance, but, I mean, go, it's go. Texas, and Texas and the bar is high. Like, that's one right. thing that I would also preface about um, maybe talking to somebody out in another, in another state. Uh, they were talking on, I believe it was the uh, – the Stugats and Dan Levitard podcast, just about how hard it is to get charges to stick in Texas. Like the bar is so high for sexual assault in Texas. 
So I don't really think that Deshaun at any point is really going to face jail time. Like I, I, I'd be hap- happy to be wrong. Like don't, don't anybody misquote me on this. Like, but just from the looks at it, I don't think he's going to face jail time. If he doesn't face jail time, do you still see him as never playing another game? I, I would probably at that point I would say it was a flip of a coin. I'm 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 not trying to be right, you know. I, I'm yeah. nobody at the end of the day. I'm not tapped into anyone or anything like that. I'm no one special. That's just what my gut's telling me. I mean, okay, fair enough. Look, look, look what happened with you know Kaepernick and his stance, and we can you know if you want to break down whether he said yes to money, no to money, and all that happy silliness. He's still not back on the NFL roster, and his situation is no more, nowhere near the level of damning of the Sean Watsons. And we're not, like I said, Ray Rice got made an example. Was there videotape? Sure. That was with one person, right, one time. We're talking about a conglomerate. And like I said, even if you cut that number in half, just think about it. Cut that number in half, the 22, down to 11. That's an astronomical number. And even if you were to cut that 11 in half and say four or five, that's still high. Because when you hear about this kind of stuff, it's normally maybe two, three women, unless you get into like the Harvey Weinstein, where it was like, if you want the job, you got to do this. You know, outside of that, I mean, this is an astronomical incident. I, I don't think, I don't. People are too caught in their feelings as fans with this when I think they shouldn't. They're only building themselves up to be let down because either way, Deshaun Watson's never playing for the Texans again. Either way. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be the general mood around the city of Houston that we're not going to see Deshaun play this year. And it's going to be interesting. If he's not going to be deposed until 2022 so that's the whole season that they're going to use for discovery like where where does that put him is he going to sit out if he sits out like we've already talked about that and that mess that it creates with his contract yes and the texans aren't going to trade him for something they're not going to take a low ball offer and here's the other thing like throw out all the sexual whatever throw out all that that mess if everything that deshaun originally said is true and he wants more control with the franchise. I this hasn't really been addressed. What other NFL franchise? What NFL franchise? Period, is going to say, "Hey, let's put, let's sign this twenty-six-year-old quarterback, and we're going to let him have input on the franchise." That's never going to happen because, like I said, that that brings me back to the point I made on the last show. Deshaun Watson's done nothing as a Texans quarterback. Absolutely nothing. There's maybe a handful of quarterbacks you could possibly give control to. I'm confident Brady has somewhat of a say in at least offensively who his team is going to retain and who they're going to let go. I think Russell Wilson to an extent. Aaron Rodgers deserves it because he's got league MVPs. He's got Super Bowl. But Deshaun Watson has no stroke whatsoever. And, you know, people can what, make whatever case they can for Deshaun. He's done nothing in the NFL to warrant say. None. Yeah, and, and you that- nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. I, w- I actually want to come back to um, Aaron Rodgers. So 
Aaron Rodgers has requested a trade. He's not report, reported for OTAs. Aaron Rodgers has literally everything that Deshaun says he wants to do. Aaron Rodgers has been a league MVP. He's been the Super Bowl winner. He has been ordained the best player in the league at times. He's a surefire Hall of Fame. Deshaun has not accomplished any of those things. Deshaun has been to a Pro Bowl. That's the extent of his, his awards. Which is a BS so, award anyways. <laughs> so Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, with all of that, everything that Deshaun wants to be, doesn't have the power to make the Packers move him. And 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 there's a group. Does he? Or, or does he? Do you think Aaron Rodgers no, is going to get moved? He he doesn't. Because honestly, if Aaron Rodgers had that stroke, he's not upset. He's probably gotten back to the Super Bowl at least two or three more times. I think, I think Aaron Rodgers, part of why he wants out is one he doesn't have say. They clearly don't listen to him. But I think he's at a point to where he doesn't want to have to be the guy that uplifts him because somewhere along the line, whether it's a a drop play by the defense or a bad call by the coaching staff, he doesn't want to be the guy. I guess he's past that elevate the team. He kind of wants to like, I don't want, it sounds bad in a a negative way, but I I think he kind of wants to be able to just, like Brady, just go on cruise control. Massive are you kidding? Right? The the Packers are loaded. Like they have the number one tight end. They have the number one receiver. They have a top running back. Like is, they is are Tanya absolutely really loaded. Good, like, though? do what? Is Robert Tanyan really that good after one year? I mean he he showed last year that we sure. we I mean, as a, I mean we as the Texans we don't have a tight end of that caliber. And maybe the scheme, and maybe the he may fit perfectly in that scheme. But based on the players that we had last year, we had nobody that fit in our scheme that well. So, I mean, let's let's be real here. Rodgers is pretty much in a mirror situation to, to Watson without all the sexual assault. He doesn't get along with the GM. That's it. He doesn't get along with the GM. And now, he is threat and he's threatening not to play. He is threatening not to play. And he has a career. He can go host Jeopardy if he wants to. He can go do whatever. He's got all the endorsement money. So he actually has the leverage. Deshaun doesn't have any leverage. If Deshaun gives up football, he's a nobody. Aaron Rodgers has everything. He wasn't able to force a trade. I can't make a case against Aaron Rodgers. I can make the case for pro Aaron Rodgers, but I, I can't make a case against Because like I said, he's we both agree. He's got the hardware. He's done the due diligence, you know, MVPs, Super Bowls. What's what's Deshaun done? Yeah. So I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers gets traded, but at this point it doesn't look likely. Like he, it's very what? odd to trade. It's very odd to trade a quarterback at this point. I think he's like 39. He's older. 39. See, well, that's a problem in today's NFL where I won't say it's completely out of the realm because in today's NFL, we're I, I really think we're we've moved past the uh dynasty team mindset to where it's like every year similar teams are getting in. It's it's almost like every year one or two teams are doing everything they can to load up all these resources for just he's 37. Aaron Rodgers is 37. So at, at 37, I, I can see a, a team 
Um, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but I could see someone maybe offering a one, two twos. At this point in his career, I mean, how, how much time does he have left, to be honest? Three, four years? Yeah. Well, I mean, he may go to the Brady route, and he has six years left. Who knows? Um, and again, we're, I'm not trying to talk down about Deshaun, but let's be honest. Like, setting franchise records for the Texans, like, we're, we're a young franchise. Like, Deshaun, yeah. I absolutely believe without if all the distractions this year do not happen, like, he's a player that is absolutely capable of taking a team to a Super Bowl. My point is to point out the leverage. Everybody always assumes because he says he wants to be traded that he will be traded. And my whole point this entire offseason is, hey, he doesn't have the leverage that he thinks he has. Aaron Rodgers, who has the leverage that Deshaun believes he has, didn't have enough leverage to get a trade done by the draft. And when you're trading a player of the court, of, when you're trading a quarterback of that caliber, you assume that it's on the draft day because that's the day where you can get three years worth of drafts. Any other time, we can only trade for the next two drafts. So that's why. That's all. Now, again, with Deshaun, like personal feelings on it. I mean, I just I wish <laughs> I wish that none of this happened. Like he was honestly last year, he was my favorite player. Like I said that before the start of the season. I said it the season before that he was my favorite player. I have spent so much time studying quarterbacks because I am a Texans fan that that is the one position that I'm actually confident, like scouting and Deshaun made me stop. Like I didn't look at any other quarterbacks. Yeah. Like I did not look at college quarterbacks. I did not care. I did not look at any backup quarterbacks. That was such a nice feeling. And then Deshaun was just fun to play for all the flaws in his game. Cause he wasn't, he's not a perfect quarterback, not by a long shot, but there was something about him or is something about him. Cause he's, he's still going to play football. I think it's just, this is heartbreaking, absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. And, and it's, I, there's so many angles to it. I, I <clears throat> excuse me. I, I, I feel bad for the kid, but what I think Deshaun's real issue is, and it's a, problem that's actually common with a lot of problematic players and a lot of players that fizzle out. Nobody's ever told him no. And in general, in life itself. Why? Because he's the golden child, the lottery ticket, you know, the golden ticket or whatever. So people close to him probably, you know, were easy to turn the other cheek, not necessarily at the level of always with these women, Maybe. I don't know. But it, it could have been simple, petty stuff that he's just gotten away with getting his way and getting his way and getting his way. And maybe that's why he's being stubborn and he's not um, settling because he's just so prone to getting his way. It's not even in his mind any way different. But I think his circle feeds into that as well. You're the man. You're the man. Who holds outside of the NFL? None of us know who holds Deshaun accountable. Because with well, with all these reports, he's not holding himself accountable, right? No, and I th- and I think that's fair. Up until all this happened, every comment that was ever said about Deshaun was positive, Correct. and he didn't let it get to his head. Now, I think that kind of feeds everything into it, and I think that there it, it's such it's such a shit storm. <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it, like just 
top down, everything from his team buying into his own hype to Deshaun probably even buying into his own hype. Um, even when it comes to comes to these women, like I still believe that there's probably a shade of gray where he sure. thought he had consent and he, he probably thought he had consent and he didn't. He didn't he didn't realize or, the position because he had never been told no. Like he's just not told them. Here, um, here, here, here's an example of what could have also happened, right? And I'm not going to try to get vulgar or nothing, but say one of his buddies goes to a massage therapist. Yo, man, when I was there, this, this, and that happened, right? Deshaun hears that and automatically thinks that's for everyone. That happens every single time. He could have just fell victim to that. Oh, she did that, with that's him. That's true. Of course, he's, she's going to do it with me. Not even just, just get past it. Where it's like that part of that is like human nature, but it's also like, you know, right from wrong. So it kind of, like you said, it gets gray in that area. Yeah. I mean, James put it best. Um, Deshaun thought he was a ladies' man and just couldn't read the room. That's what his belief is. And I'm, I'm, I'm in that camp. Like, I, I honestly think that when you're not used to ever, that's what happens. When you're not used to However, being told no and you're always getting your way. And yeah, and there wasn't an explicit no. I mean, there was that. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry. But yeah. how many women, right, in real life are actually going to say no to Deshaun? Outside of being a creep and all that nonsense at a bar or a club, or how many women are really telling a, a famous app like Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Aaron How many of them are saying, no, I don't want to hook up with you? I mean, I I honestly don't know. It, it could just be it, and it, it's always that situation. Like, exactly the way I mean, the women in in my life that they've I've heard always heard stories about them being like, oh, they were so down with a guy until he turned into a creeper. Correct. Like something he said or something he acted. So it's it's difficult to say, but I would say that there's more thro- that he would have more opportunities than than you know the average person however moving on from that just a little bit um who do you think is most likely to be traded or if any of the three guys gets traded aaron Rodgers, julio jones or deshaun watson julio jones only because he has already publicly stated to my knowledge that he he's out he's not not in atlanta no more wasn't that crazy <laughs> It is. Do you do you think he knew he was on TV? Like, I, honestly, I think it was the greatest thing ever, and it, it'll never happen again. But to hear's a an athlete that blunt and that honest, I, like, I, no I playing games. I, I would give anything to hear Deshaun say the same thing. A Freudian, even slip if you know that's what he's trying to say. I'm thinking of a Freudian slip or something. Maybe he knew mm-hmm. he was on. Maybe he didn't. I kind of tend to believe at at that level of fame. You gotta at least have it in the back of your mind that there's a camera somewhere. Whether he says he knew or he doesn't, we'll never know the truth. But at that level of fame, come on, there's always gonna be a camera there. However, back to your original question, I do think he's gonna be traded. My thing is, is he gonna be willing to take a pay cut to go somewhere? Sorry, that was bad timing. <laughs> right when I got a oh, drink. That's um, I mean that 
That would be interesting because a team is going to have to make room for him. I think there's only like four or five teams that actually have the room currently. And it's, with it's his wiggle room. Contract wiggle room. as is. And it's not even and it's not even much. And then it's interesting that he wants to go from he wants to go to the Patriots. What are the Patriots going to win? But we'll we'll see. However, well, okay. You know, so Julio Julio was the easy choice. Do you think any of, of those three? Do you think it's more likely that two of the three get traded, one of the three get traded, or none of the three get traded? Not saying any names. Not you don't have to say any combination. That's a good one, and I'm a little stumped. I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, I'm going to say two of them get traded, and I'll, I'll give you my answer if you want it. If you want to share it, go for it. Julio, of course, and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has publicly been known that once he's done with you and it's in his mind, he just cuts you off. So he's in a position as well. Even if they don't trade him, he could sit for a year and it's not going to really affect them. So I, yeah. I think he's, I think he's going to, you know, basically call green Bay's bluff and he'll sit out a year, whether or not they, jump at that i i think they'll, they'll they'll be dumb at this point not to but they've also you know is is, is blake bortles a camp arm was he you know is he there to compete with the number two you're, you're, i know you're laughing but yeah. someone somewhere thought it was a good idea to bring blake bortles in for something and i don't think it's just for a camp arm i don't you don't bring a journeyman who's with that much tenure, in my opinion, just to be a camp arm. Maybe they're going to make him a tight end. I still play, I think Blake Bortles would be a phenomenal tight end. That's a good, he's thick. He well, uh, the last year that he was a starter, he was actually the leading rusher out of all QBs, like in efficiency. Like it was something just insane where they should have just ran the wishbone with him. Like, I, I think he'd be a great, I think he'd be a great tight end. Um, okay. And yeah, and the other thing about Aaron Rodgers is I think that he needs competition, but he doesn't necessarily need football. Like he, he's an interesting guy, but I don't think you can tell that he kind of thrives on competition, but it doesn't necessarily have to be football. Like I could, I, I could see him walking away. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I, that I, may actually motivate it to get it done. At this point in his career, I don't think Aaron, Aaron I don't think Aaron Rodgers is chasing anything anymore. I'm not. I'm not saying well, like if he got another Super Bowl, I think it will be swell. But it's like he's he's not catching Tom Brady. You know, how much motivation is there for Aaron Rodgers to piggyback off your statement? You know, maybe he doesn't think that the NFL is challenging enough for him anymore, and maybe he will retire and take Jeopardy full time. Yeah. No, I think that. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I don't pay enough attention to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah. I just, to me, he just always comes across like if something else came along, he he would be able to walk away from the game. He doesn't seem to be the guy that lives, breathes. Everything has to be football. He doesn't seem like Tom Brady in that regard. He doesn't seem like even Deshaun, like Deshaun Watson in that regard. I think that Aaron Rodgers out of the three would have the easiest definitely of just walking away from the game. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, something like like you said, you you don't know, you don't really follow Aaron Rodgers 
that well, but you know, he, I, I think he could be that guy. I, I, I don't think he's chasing Super Bowls. I really, what, what's he chasing? Like, even if someone was able to bring up like NFL's uh, statistics and passing it, is he really chasing anyone in like touchdowns or yardage? I don't like, think anybody that he can catch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is there anything even arm's reach? If we were to say he would, he would play another three, four years for any team, right? Is there what? What's there for, that's worthwhile? I honestly, I don't know. Maybe winning another Super Bowl because I mean the Packers are a good team. It could be, and that's why I had that point a few minutes ago is maybe he just wants to cruise and he doesn't – maybe he feels like he's the guy that has to burden and steer the ship and he doesn't want that responsibility anymore. Kind of confused by what's going on in chat. We can't hear you talk. Can't hear me? I, I don't I don't even know what's going on in chat. Um, I can hear you. You can hear me. So if chat is messing up, then I guess I'll have to listen to the pod. Oh no! I don't really know what's going on because they're also not talking anymore. I got two things that just popped up. Let Let me see. Did you? Running oh, game some of them are set. Okay. Okay. We're good. We are good. All right. A little bit of little bit of housekeeping. We should have probably started off the show with this, but this is the boring stuff, but it's the transactions that happened. Let's do any it. Any thoughts about any any thoughts about, you know, our um our great quarterback controversy that we let go of Ryan Finley, who we traded a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick for Jeff Driscoll. Well, if I'm not mistaken, they they swap picks with that, right? And got the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they got a pick back. Yeah. And they dropped what thirty-one spots. Yeah, and I think they ended up trading that pick away, anyways. What? Why? At, at this point, anyone shame on anyone that's getting mad at that. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Jeff Driscoll a Texans quarterback? Uh, maybe a month or so before Sam Mills was. I mean, it only feels like that, but no, Driscoll has not been on the Texans yet until now. He's been on like six teams. Um, but didn't they but trade for, prior it, to the draft? And they traded for Ryan Finley prior to the draft. Finley. He's the one they traded for the draft. Then and did they the pick swap. Finley, right? Yep, and they cut him before even OTA started. But the, he so so maybe I got him confused. All right. Finley. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Like, that's absolutely fair. Like, what's the difference? They're they're camp arms. Um, Third third quarterback at best. It's everyone's like it's a sixth (laughs) seventh round pick. All right, blow up the chat right now if you can name ten phenomenal all star six rounders. Yeah, and I was just. I mean, even on that, it's not not even so much that it was the uh, sixth round pick. It's the third QB. Out. I mean. I'll say this: the the spot the Texans are in. I see one another thing. I see people complaining about is this competition stuff. Um, iron sharp sharpens iron. Richard Sherman specifically said back when those uh, Seattle Seahawks teams were killing it, 
their, their job was up for grabs week in and week out. Outside of maybe three players, right? Three players on a, what, a normal 53-man roster? Three of them are going to be with the Texans guaranteed next year. The number could be off, plus or minus two players. Yeah. Why would you not want as many people as you want fighting it out? Who Who's really, who's missing out on snaps? Outside of your left tackle and your right tackle, maybe your left guard, who on that team, uh, I forgot, Zach Cunningham, who on that team job should not be up for grabs? Well, that's fair. And the whole thing with the Seahawks, you also got to remember they brought in a huge, they had a huge draft. Like they had that philosophy of trade back, get more picks. Like they really did believe in competition, had a great draft with it. However, with the Texans and them going this whole route of competition, Quincy, um, what, why Quincy Avery, Deshaun's quarterback coach, actually brought up something that he may be right. There's new restrictions on how many snaps they can take at practice, how many practice reps they can get. So that's not just for the quarterback. That's for the entire roster. When you have a billion linebackers, like I think we have all the linebackers, like how are they going to get enough reps to get enough competition actually in? It, it, so it's not about reps and the number. It's about quality reps, not quantity. It's quality. That gives that gives those guys much more incentive to be even more – because outside of this season, like I said, maybe three or four guys are, are literally going to be on the roster and, like, most of this roster is gone next year. It, it gives them more of an incentive to push even harder. Like, okay, who who – I'll, I'll ask it this way. Who is going to be hurting not getting enough snaps? Who on this roster? Yeah, but who's going to get better? That's a fair point. But th- there's – a lot of these guys are – I mean, it's, it's a new scheme, new players. Um, I think they said Casario is right at 90 and who, who someone point, pointed out, I want to say it was Patrick Storm. I could be wrong on who tweeted it. But John Schneider had an actual number, him and Pete Carroll, their first year together mm-hmm. of overturn. Was it? Was they, it Storm? They, it, Storm retreated somebody else. Um, however, that was the point that I was making. When Schneider and Carroll took over, they had more reps at practices. They went, didn't have the same rep restriction that they currently have. 90 transactions for 89 players. That is insane. <laughs> so, so no, I, I I don't I don't dis, I don't disagree with what Nick Casario is doing. I do think that you have to keep it's essentially it's you're you're going out there looking for diamonds in the rough. And the only way you can find them is is going through all through all the mess. It's, it's going to However, be- I did think it was worth kind of looking at how are they going to split reps? Like how is that going to work? Well, I mean, and that that's where one could argue where, you know, the the NFLPA kind of hurt themselves in the CBA agreement because didn't they take away, like, the amount of practices they can have in a day? Yeah. So, I mean, they've restricted how much practice time they can have. They've restricted how many reps so they can have. At, at so that, that point, may be the fatal flaw in Casario's way of quantity. It could be. I mean, this this is his first year at GM as well. 
I'm sure there were certain things that Belichick didn't keep him hip to, kept him away from not fully knowing how things are going. This is Nick Serio's first legit job as a general manager. So there's things he's still going to be learning along the way. He's still, Nick Casario still doesn't know for a fact what his coaches want out of players either. You know what I'm saying? There's, they can give like, okay, you know, maybe line middle linebacker has to be 6'3", 6'4", between 230 and 240, and that's it. Right? They're not taking into like, you know, athleticism, um, are they taking his his fluidity and all that good jazz? They're probably not at that point yet. I'll ask okay. this. How many players on a Texans roster, right, are currently under the age of 25? Not enough. We have the oldest roster in the league. So that 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 chimes into at, at this point. And kind of the, one of the points I made on the last podcast, just like quarterbacks, when they come from college to the pros, most players are who they are, right? Especially if you got a lot of players that are at that 28 to 32 year mark, a lot of those guys are more just fighting for a spot. They're not fighting for like longevity for, for lack of better words. They're, these guys are setting their ways. You know, how many how many pass rushers outside of the freaks are still adding to their repertoire at their year six? And maybe they they led the league once, maybe got a defensive MVP, all that good stuff. How many, you know, how many pass rushers are still adding moves, you know, maybe towards the decline of their career when they're not getting away with, you know, just straight speed. So maybe they got to add a, a spin. Uh, maybe, you know, they used to be a bull rush, but now they can only do speed. Something along those lines. I can see that, but these guys are setting their ways. Yeah. I mean, the Texans have the most 26-year-olds out of any team in the NFL, um, followed by... The second old, second largest group is 27-year-olds. So the Texans have the, the oldest roster at 26 and a half years. And part of it is because we just have a ton of 26-year-olds. It looks like, I want to say, I'm trying to read a graph on it. It looks like about over half the team is 26. They're all on their, all on their own second contract. So we'll Which say, is what, kind of kind of ridiculous. Players? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's kind of it's it's interesting because these are guys that I think are going to go out there and they're not going to make rookie mistakes. These are guys that already know how to be pros, and then it's that just shaking out to see if anybody's actually a diamond in the rough. But there's there's not a lot of youth there. Which there's the the only place you're really going to see improvement. And I'm not talking about talent wise, really. I'm just talking about skill is probably the offensive line because Mike Devlin's gone. That's probably the only group that will take a bump or two, if not more. I I, I think, you know, for those guys, because you have such young, talented guys who are who are still, to be honest, they're still pretty raw. Titus Howard and you got Max Sharping are still pretty raw, probably. I don't know if the current I don't I don't even know who it is to be honest. 
but whoever this offensive line coach is, he's got to be an upgrade over Devlin. And if I'm not mistaken, Devlin taught the scheme rather than like, you know, basics and fundamentals. And basically one of guys just, you need to know this period, not improve, you know, that's the only, that's the only group. I mean, to be honest, and I'm going to sound a little doom and gloom and negative Nancy, this Texans year, don't have any expectations. Don't be high. Don't be low. Don't be sad. Don't get angry. This is a perfect year to just call call what it is. Put your feet up on the table, hands behind your head, whatever happens, embrace it. Now, unless it's, unless it's what I predicted is they go eight and eight and they're not in a good spot, you know, like, cause if you're not drafting in the top of the draft and you're not drafting at the bottom, going at the bottom of the draft, does it really matter? Yeah, no, that would be the most useful thing to do is is to make the playoffs and get blown out in the very first round. That would be exactly what the Texans would do. Um, Other things with housekeeping is we signed Taiwan Taylor, uh, who's an interesting guy. Um, Third round pick for the Titans wide receiver. Uh, He's a big, big, big slot. Played a couple years in Tennessee and then went to Cleveland and then it hasn't caught a pass in two years, but he was interesting coming out of college. Well, um, so that that's another then, group that that still has a lot of question marks outside of Brandon Cooks. Everyone's job for a, be up for grabs. Get upset yeah. with you. Oh yeah, Kiki Kuti has not done enough. He's not done enough to where you can, outside of Brandon Cooks, no one on that wide receiver uh, depth chart should be penciled in anywhere as a starter as a backup i i that's a group along with i'd say the defensive backs that's going to have the most turn this entire season oh yeah so i mean we'll see like you said other than brandon cooks he's the only guy that you can actually slot in um randall cobb is still under contract um we'll see about him uh kiki kuchi had flashes of both great plays and idiotic plays. Yeah, and that, that's what I was going to so. say. He's he done enough <laughs> to show why he was drafted, but he's also done enough to why he was always in O'Brien's doghouse. Yeah. Because he's, he's missed some clutch passes. Yeah, and then the uh, next signing was Garyon Christian. We signed another offensive tackle. This guy's another guy that's kind of interesting. He started the very first game for the uh, Washington football team and then got hurt. But he won the starting job out of out of camp. So maybe an upgrade potentially at swing tackle. Of course, we're already tackles the one position where we're good. Unless, unless you think that they would potentially move on from Tunsil. Like there's still, you would think that the restructure would say there's no way they will. But after after June fifth, even with the restructure, I mean, they could. I don't. I, I'll say this. I, I I don't think. I don't. Uh, there there's a chance that he may. But if you really want to set the world on fire and get people to hate you, you get Tunsil's what twenty five, twenty six. Probably 26. They're all freaking 26. <laughs> he has at least another 10 years of playing. 10 years. And you're going to move on from him. For yeah, he's 26. Of course he's 26. 
So he has about eight to 10 years left in his career. If you walk away from a talent like that for a guy like what Jerron Christian, his name is, to get from Washington, you, you might as well start, you know, packing up, put, keeping your boxes in, or keeping your office supplies in storage boxes and start pulling your uh, resume throughout the league. I, I All I think is the main problem of the Texans, even probably since the start of the franchise, you could really look at, this team has had a very bad habit of running the cabinet spare. And what I mean is there was always a major drop in talent when you would put in a backup player. Like if a starter got yeah. hurt and you had, and now they're at a point to where those starters all got old. They never thought in the future, you know, look, look where Whitney Merciless has been in the last three, four years, right? Prime example. How, how much did they invest on finding his replacement? That is true. We've so, said it for years that the Texans have been very top heavy with all those stars and now the stars are gone. So what's going to happen? And see, and you know what, what, what's so frustrating about that is you see teams throughout the NFL. One player goes down, they don't skip a beat. They don't skip a beat. But then when it was always to the Texans, it was like night and day. Like that one player, the, t- the team would suddenly turn into like the Detroit Lions at that time, you know? And now they're at that point to where they're loading up. At, at least, I mean, the Texans are probably at a point to where, I'll, I'll speak to the Madden guys. They got a team full of 75 to 80 overall guys compared to a team that's got maybe two or three 95 and above rated guys. And the rest are all like just a mixed bag. It's it's a solid group, right? You're 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 essentially possibly filling out your depth chart for the next two or three years with some of these guys. The guys that are kept, unless unless they're playing phenomenal, I, I could see the Texans maybe drafting better than them, and they'll be kept in house just as perennial backup players because that's what most of these guys are, anyways. But that, that's a good thing because now they're finally going to be in that position that I've always wanted to see. When a starter goes down, that backup, the ship keeps sailing. Fair enough. All right. Well, that is everything I have. Is there anything else you want to kind of touch on before before we get? Um. Yeah. One, one, one minor thing. So that um, I think it was a week or two before – I came on, you guys had, I think his name was Javier. He seemed like a younger gentleman. And at the end of the show, you know, towards the end, he said, you know, I have all these jerseys. I don't know what I'm going to do now about his fandom. What I, my, my opinion is I don't, I'm not like that. We, us and my guys, I'm not that person. I, I To me, that's silly, but I understand why. People are like that because I understand that fans want a sense of belonging and to belong to something. But but to what he was saying, like, we get emotionally attached to these players. How emotionally attached are these players to us? With this whole Deshaun stuff, right? You got people that are in complete denial that he could never do anything wrong. Not even entertaining the fact that there's a possibility. Meanwhile, they're they're – you know, on Twitter complaining to the team that they just bought his jersey. My thing is, 
don't buy jerseys because here's the thing. When you get fired from your job, not one of those players, unless you personally know them, are going to call you or going to care. But if that player gets traded, cut, release, you're on Twitter harassing the poor social media guy who, th- who you think is going to see it and it's going to matter and affect them saying, you know, oh, you know, Andre Johnson deserved the Super Bowl. They're just going to laugh at that. And I'm not saying don't be a fan. I'm just saying, like, people sometimes, I think, need to reshape the way they they view their fandom. Like, I I get it. People want a sense of belonging. I'm not not a we guy. I'm not an our guy. I'm just, I I never have been. It's okay if you want to be that way. But, like, don't get emotionally attached to these players. If anything, right, even if you want to look at a positive, say Deshaun Watson plays 15 years with the Texans, right? Wins, blah, 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 awards, accolades. He's going to move on. The Texans will still be there, right? Players come, players go. The team is always there. Bearing a freak accident, like, they move, like Bud Adams that does with the team. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Well, I mean, I would say one of the things that I'd kind of throw on that, and I think I've said it as kind of like a preface a couple of times, is it's not even about the team. It's not about the players. It's about the community. It's like about the friendships we've built. Um, one of the great things about doing this podcast is everybody on Discord, everybody in the chat, everybody that I interact with on Twitter, when I'm not too depressed to watch it, the games that I get to to go to with friends, like when I get to meet meet people and just like experience that. So yeah, I mean, I can completely understand, like don't buy the jerseys. Um, <laughs> I can't wear any well, jerseys I'm, I'm, I'm currently. And I... I, I have those little Funko Pops. Like I had all the J.J. Watt ones and the Deshaun Watson, and I never even got to open the, the Hopkins. Like I have the Hopkins one, and it just sits there. Because you know I'm not they're all gone now. If they do that, if that's how you want to live your life, rock on, bro. I'm just saying, like, we to the, it's to the players themselves. It's, it's the players themselves. Because like I said, you get fired from your job or something catastrophic happens to where, you know, there's a loss in your family. That player is not going to reach out. That player is not even going to bat an eye. But the minute that happens to that player, we're all dancing. Some of y'all are on Instagram twerking for these players that don't care. But like I said, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I, I get people. People <laughs> want a sense of belonging, right? Because I, I, I get it. And there's people to where outside of the Texans fan base, maybe they have absolutely nothing, Right. And I, that's where I understand and I have the compassion for the people that do it. That's just not me. But I, yeah, I think people, fair enough. All right. I'm not going to keep bad. Just re, reanalyze, <laughs> reanalyze the way you, uh, you, your fandom is, you know, not, you don't have to change it. Just analyze it. Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback off that, I do strongly recommend that everybody support like local vendors, local local merchants, um, like Running Game Clothing, um, Astros Media, or not Apollo Media, not Astros Media, Apollo Media. Uh, who's the other one? Five One. I don't know. There's a whole bunch. I put them up on Twitter. I'll find them again. Give yeah. those guys a shout out. Like, if, don't if don't you... buy anything from the team, especially right now. Like, they're just such a hot mess. Like, I don't. I don't even care if Deshaun caused all of it right now. I don't want to send any more money towards them that I absolutely have to. And like, I, I'm with you, like go, go on, go buy on. a Jersey. They're going to change. So let's just, let's support the, our neighbors. Let's support the people nearby. You know, the guys that make worth the game watching. Um, all right. We've got two minutes. 
what do you got? What do you want to hawk? Where can they find you? Uh, spend money for, for you. This is this is yours. All right. So so check it out, everyone. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as you can see there, at real Chris Otto one. Um, so you can I'm open for any com- com- conversation. You want to insult me by all means. But um, like I mentioned on the last time, I do have a, a natural soap company called Thomas Reeves Co. Um, we we have um, two main scents, but they're ran in four different styles. We got a, a regular. We have a shea. We have an exfoliating and an exfoliating shea for both of the scents. We also have a subscription service. Um, and for the listeners of Texans Unfiltered, if you enter coupon the coupon code when you're um, making your purchase, use code Texans Unfiltered 001 and you will get 45% off your purchase for using that code. And if you're interested, and but maybe you don't want to subscribe, but you still want to purchase throughout the football season, it's going to be a campaign that I'm going to personally run throughout the entire year. So anytime, once again, Texans Unfiltered 001, you'll get 45% off your purchase. Thank you. Yeah. Well, definitely, Chris, thank you so much. That thank sounds you. like an great deal. Thank you for coming on. Great conversation as always. And everyone in chat, thank you all for showing up again every week. And we will see y'all next week. We'll be here. Have a good one.